Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology. I'm Caroline Brogan. Today, The Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology publishes an observational trial about the link between obesity and commuting habits using data from UK Biobank. I'm joined on the line by Dr Ellen Flint from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Welcome, Ellen. Hello. We know already that physical activity can help prevent obesity. Why did you feel it was important to look at commuting in particular? Over the last few decades, throughout the sort of um, mid to late 20th century, and increasingly so, we've seen the rise of the obesity epidemic coinciding with a steep decline in the amount of functional active travel that that we do in high-income countries particularly, but also increasingly in middle-income countries too. We know that physical activity can help prevent obesity, absolutely we do, and yet two-thirds of the UK population don't achieve recommended weekly levels of physical activity. And this study basically shows that that people who do manage to build some level of physical exertion into their commute even if it's just walking to a bus stop or cycling a short distance, they tend to be less heavy and have less body fat than people who drive all the way to work. It's really just saying that the commute to work is a point at which one could intervene to increase the amount of physical activity that we do in a way that is potentially easily adopted, quite feasible, and doesn't require any greater time or money expenditure compared with a building physical activity into leisure time, for example. For the sake of clarity, could you just define active commuting for me there? Active commuting is walking or cycling to work, but it needn't be all the way to work. It could be part of the way. It could be one mode um, as part of um, a mixed mode journey. And that's why uh, this study and, and previous studies define active commuting to include public transport as well as walking or cycling all the way to work. I understand your study uses data from the UK Biobank project. Could you tell us a bit of background about UK Biobank and how the data are being used? The UK Biobank is a very valuable resource for studying the health of our population. So around half a million people aged roughly 40 to 75 took part in UK Biobank by visiting an assessment centre in their local city to which they were invited. They participated in interviews and questionnaires about their lifestyle, health, occupation, demographic characteristics, among other things. But also a trained nurse has measured their height, weight, body composition and a range of other anthropometric factors. And participants also donated blood and other biological samples. A very wide range of research projects are being undertaken using these rich data that form the UK Biobank. And our, our study is just one example of the questions that you can ask and the answers that you can get from this large resource. How did you go about using the biobank data in your own research? Well, we were interested primarily in the answers that participants gave to the questions about their commute to work. Because of the age range of the sample, individuals in in midlife, middle age, around half of the people in biobank were still working prior to retirement, really. And these individuals reported the modes that they used to get to to travel to work and how far they travelled. And we wanted to investigate whether people who commuted by more active modes compared to the most sedentary mode, which is car, car use, had significantly lower body mass index and body fat than people who travelled in, in a more sedentary manner, so using the car. We wanted to try to isolate that central association between commuting mode 
and our obesity outcomes by adjusting for the potential effects of other variables which might intervene in that relationship. So there we were able to use the very rich, broad range of um, variables in UK Biobank in order to take account of these things such as leisure physical activity, dietary energy intake, occupational physical activity, manual work, etc., socioeconomic position, age, gender, general health. We were using the participants of Biobank who commute to work. We were using their commuting data, which was self-reported. And we were using the objectively measured height and weight to uh, derive body mass index. And we were using percentage body fat, which was measured by uh, bioelectrical impedance. We were using, as I said, that rich uh, set of covariates in, uh, in the kind of demographic, socioeconomic and health domains as well. You mentioned the main result in the top of the podcast, but could we just discuss the results in a bit more detail? We found broadly that compared with car drivers, those who used active and public modes of transport, so walking, cycling, and mixing walking and cycling with bus and train, for example, use, had substantially and significantly lower BMI and percentage body fat compared with the sedentary, more sedentary car users. But just to unpack those results in a little bit more detail, we found very large effect sizes which we feel are clinically meaningful. For example, the largest effect sizes were seen uh, for cyclists. So when we compare cyclists, people who travel the full journey to work by bicycle with car commuters, that was particularly notable for men. So we found that uh, male cyclists had on average 1.7 kilograms per meter squared lower BMI when compared with car users. And for the average man in our sample, that equates to around 5 kilogram difference in weight, which is quite substantial and could um, absolutely tip somebody over into a different category of, of obesity. We also found that people who walked or cycled further had lower BMI than people who walked or cycled for very short distances. So that was showing gradation of effect, which we found to be uh, quite interesting to strengthen the main results. We also checked to see whether the central association of interest was attenuated if we adjusted for energy intake, hypothesizing perhaps that those who chose to walk or cycle to work may do so as part of a wider approach to a healthy lifestyle that may also include having potentially a less calorie-dense diet. And we found that, in fact, adjusting for diet did not attenuate the central association that we saw for active commuters. What do your findings add to what we already know from research in this area? And what are the remaining questions to be addressed in future studies? The strength of using UK Biobank compared with perhaps other data sets available is that its huge sample size and very wide array of variables allow us to do these sensitivity analyses, such as controlling for energy intake and assessing whether pedestrians and cyclists who travel further might have lower body weight. And these really add value to the findings. It has the strength of containing objectively assessed height and weight. Many studies rely on self-reported measures of these things, which do tend to be biased, unfortunately. Also, using percentage body fat as a complementary outcome to corroborate the findings for BMI is also a great strength of this study and, and of the data that we were able to use. But there is still lots of research to do in the area, so First and foremost, we need more longitudinal data so we can use analytic methods which allow us to establish the direction of causality beyond doubt. All we can say from cross-sectional data such as that used in this study is that there is an independent association between active commuting and BMI, but we can't categorically say that active commuting causes lower BMI. 
for that you'd need to be able to look at change over time. The other 